Well, those are some great stories. Some great stories. It's been a it's been a great joy to let me bring that sound down just a little bit. I got a little echo here and a little bit too much monitor. I I've just loved walking with uh, Jo and Raydeen. They're great people, great builders, great leaders, and uh, great friends. And uh, I've had the joy of watching them grow up in the ministry. And I've had the, the great honor of walking with them through some extremely difficult trials in their life. How many people know that you don't get to where they're at without a price? And you don't get to where they're at without the deep dealings of God and things that you go through. God's just not gonna make you a, a, a rich businessman or woman overnight. He's just not gonna give you a healing ministry overnight. He's just not gonna give you a church of influence overnight. He's just not gonna give you glory out of the chute. He's not, I've been mentoring for the five years an inventor in my church who's gonna become a millionaire and he just landed his second $1 million contract. Just texted me last week that he's gonna give a tithe this Sunday at our church that's gonna be more than all the money he made last year, the tithe itself. But for five years, I groomed him to prepare for glory. My goal was not to give him great business wisdom because I don't have great business wisdom. My, 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 my goal was when he got what he was gonna get and I knew he was on the road to greatness that it wouldn't destroy him. And so I've watched J.O. and Ray Dean just you know, go through things that many other people would have been destroyed by and yet they kept coming out better. Every trial they kept coming out better and uh, you know I was you know, I remember when Ray Dean was in a bubble, in a radiation bubble that no one could have contact with her. She just went in with her books just to read and with the best attitude I've ever seen anybody ever have facing what she faced. I'm, I can't talk to my children, my husband, I'm in a bubble and I'm just gonna read books, you know. And, uh, and for her to go through it, I've watched her beat cancer in a number of situations and never to return again. And I've watched J.O. conquer the, the inner things within his own life because of the wounds of his youth and only to conquer them. I mean, there's one thing for us to fight the fight of faith and we kind of keep swinging into heaven. It's another thing that we really do get to the other side. And uh, this guy has gone through, as you know his testimony, some terrible things that he grew up in and, and, I, and I appreciate people with a wounded soul. He was, uh, when he first got to us at, uh, at City Harvest back, was it 99 he came, was it 99? Never forget that. Came in a big, big semi truck, pulled into Fred Meyer's parking lot and Check Love Boulevard, and yeah. and inside is this yellow VW. <laughs> and he takes the he breaks the car down the ramp, and in it it's all these stuffed animals he had killed. A big bear in the front seat of the VW, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> I'll never forget that. But I remember they, they wanted to come and join us from Boise over at City Harvest. And, and we were just out of the chute. We were like a two and a half year old yeah. church. And I had young guys yeah, helping me and I had promised some staff positions. And Jail wants to come and join me. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, I want him so bad. But I got to be real honest with him. I've made some commitments to other guys that if I just brought him on staff, I would betray him. I trade them, and so I, I flew over to Boise, took him out to breakfast, and, and uh, I just said, guys, listen, if you come, 
it's going to take at least two years before I can get you on staff. I just want you to really, I mean, they had the keys to the city of Boise. I mean, this is not the first place he has shaken for the kingdom. And they had the keys to the city of Boise. And even though he was just a youth pastor under somebody else, he was shaken Boise. And, and they had favor. They had a beautiful house. Remember, their house was so beautiful. And I could see how happy Radine was. I'm thinking, man, they're going to come to us. Woo, wait till the J.O. sees what happens. And... Um, <laughs> You know, and they actually literally moved from that and the first few years they lived in a trailer, okay, in Vancouver. So I went and I said, listen, it's going to take two years. I don't have a job. We'll work as hard as we can, do everything we can to help you. And, uh, and when I left, I found out later that Jay and Radine thought Bob just said that to be politically correct like he wasn't recruiting us. Big mistake. So, so when they landed in Vancouver, they thought the job was there. I was just being correct. And I, I flew over there to let them know that this is the reality of what I'm facing. Two, 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 two years came by, and we actually got them on staff in two years, and we had great times. And, uh, and actually, I got spoiled. I didn't have to shift my evangelistic gift because I had J.O. and, you know, moving just in his gift and shaking our church, and I could teach, and he could just do his thing. And, and we had a great one-two punch, and our people loved them so much, and rating just continued to, to grow. And, and Seth and Jamie Ray were in elementary school in those years, and, and then they were our first church plant. So it's kind of fun to watch watch them grow and he's a zealot yeah he had three kids in his youth group when he came to us at school of youth ministry i got there a year later a year and a half later he had about 75 to 100 kids and one of the things i always taught youth pastors to do is make sure kids have your number call them you know have the smell of sheep on you i used to have a big sign in my office that said have you had a coke with a kid today and uh you know so i try to really ingrain that in people i equipped in youth ministry so jail kind of took what I said and took it to like the third power. And um, I remember having lunch with J.O. and Radine and J.O. told me that he actually called all 75 kids in his youth group every week. Now he was working four days on construction, one day at the church, 75 phone calls a week and making contact. I remember seeing Radine's eyes and I had, she had this look like, could you please help me? <laughs> I'll never forget that. She wants my help. <laughs> and we settled him down. He brought it down into balance. Been a great delight. And just to see what God's doing here at Heart of the City, I'm just overwhelmed with just gratefulness at what God's done with them and, and here in Idaho. They are definitely in their place. They're in their groove. They're, they fit this place like a hand of glove, and it's been exciting to see the team and what God's done. Let's turn to Psalm 127 this morning. We're going to read from verse 1. I got just some quick thoughts, and then we're going to get back to some prophesying and some encouraging. And let me just say one thing about prophecy before we get into the text here. You know, prophecy, everyone says, well, prophecy is just confirmation. You know, just confirmation. Yes, it should be. I mean, it should be confirming, but sometimes it's a little bit beyond. You know, I got some scriptures for you. Jeremiah 33, verse 5 says, Call upon me and I'll show you things that you did not know. And so there's things God knows about us in the future and knows about us in potential that we really are not thinking about and meditating on. So sometimes the prophetic 
stretches you. I was in a church in Seattle and I prophesied over this guy who was an intern in a program and I said, I just see you actually in Washington, D.C. I see you actually interchanging with people of influence and, and sharing the kingdom with them. And the guy came from a wealthy family, family in London, England and was there just for a short stint. He was a Brit. He wanted nothing to do with Yanks and he, and he declared I was a false prophet because, you know, that guy, I didn't want to go to Washington, D.C. I'm going back to London, and I'm just here for a short stint. I mean, that guy is false. A few years later, he was the campus pastor for City Church, Washington, D.C. <laughs> so sometimes, sometimes we think I know who I am, and I know exactly every piece of where I'm going. And the prophetic comes in many times to mess things up, kind of to take the lids up. We used to call it ruin them for God. We, we want to have a little bit of an edge where we just kind of see things beyond our senses. And this is one of the things that prophecy does. It pushes you into potential that you do not know. There actually is a creative word. How did God create the, the world? He didn't create it out of substance. He created it out of nothing. He didn't create it out of himself. It's called, he, he created it out of nothing. And, he, and uh, he just spoke and it was. So his word creates. So sometimes when you get a word, it doesn't make sense to you, don't, don't get over irritated or get weird. Just, God, I'm gonna test it. Put it on the back shelf. It's gotta get tested. Jay will tell you, I have no problem seeking your forgiveness if I miss it. I mean, I was in one church, and I told the pastor I missed it with that young lady. I wanna apologize to her and her family. No, 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 I did. I had to argue with the pastor to let me apologize. I mean, just why, why do I do that? Because I wanna keep my gift clean. It's, I'm, not, I'm not the Pope. I'm not infallible. <laughs> Psalm 127, verse 1. I want to talk today is what does it mean? Well, actually, I forgot to put a word in there. When we say that God builds the church, what, what do we mean when we say that? Psalm 127, verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who builds it. Notice, God builds they build, not just God, not just them. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Notice that God watches the city and we watch the city, okay? I have stewardship oversight over my church. I have a level of influence in this church, not to lord it, but when you're in a dog fight, I roll up my sleeves and I get involved. You guys are doing great, I stay out of it. But when you're in a fight, I come, put my armor on, what can I do? So, so I, have a, I have a duty here, I have a fiduciary duty over a lot of money. I have probably stewarded in 17 years a pastor of my church, $40 million. So I have fiduciary duties in my church on, on, on managing money. There's, a, there's an oversight that I have, but then there's a thing that God does what he does. I do what I do, he does what he does. Here, not too long ago, there was a friend of mine moved to away from our city, and he had sincere motives, but he's trying to help me. And sometimes I just, I'm gonna be honest with you, I get plain tired doing the work of ministry. And a lot of people say, oh, he's tired. That means he's in the flesh. Well, if that's the case, Jesus was in the flesh because Jesus was snoring in a boat in the middle of a squall. Okay, why? Because he was pooped. Okay, he was truly man. He wasn't bionic man. Okay, Jesus had to sleep. 
Jesus went to the bathroom. <laughs> Digested food, excreted out, even talked about it. He did potty talk. <laughs> I mean, he was a man, fully human. And, and so what this guy was encouraging me, he goes, Bob, that's what you gotta do. You just gotta give the church to him. Just give it to him. That should be so fun, wouldn't that, Jo? Just give the church to him. So I think I'm gonna go before my church and say, guys, this year, I'm just gonna give the church to him. Now, this is what this means. You can't call me, talk to him. You can't process with me, process with him. He's gonna do it all. It's not gonna work that way. It's not gonna work that way. God, God never designed this thing that it would just be him, but he never designed this thing that it would just be us. So what does this mean? It means that the church is God's plan. That's the first thing. It means it's God's plan. Upon this rock, Jesus said, I will build my church. Now I just don't get it, how people got this new thing, I follow Jesus, forget the church. I don't know where they get that. Oh, I love this line, I love this line. I, I, don't, I, don't, wanna, I don't wanna be involved in the organized church. Really? I think we'll accomplish much more being disorganized. Is that the way we, is that the way we run, you know, the government? You know, President Obama gets everybody in his cabinet. Hey guys, here's what we're gonna do today. Guys, just go to your departments, do whatever you want. I'm gonna go on a, you know, a stump speech tour. You just guys do whatever you want. We can't run our government that way. Can't run the military that way. Here's our, here's our strategy to take this particular position. Our strategy is we're just gonna trust God. Run! You just gotta have, you gotta, you gotta have strategy. You can't run a business that way. Employees show up, there's no foreman, no management, no owner, no superintendent. Employees, well, like, hey, what do, you, what do you think we ought to do today? I think we ought to eat some donuts. <laughs> you just can't run it that way. So this is so stupid that, that God in his wisdom would, would create a disorganized church. Now, what this means is that God is absolutely interested in what you're doing. I mean, it's important when I pray that I believe that God's really interested in what I'm doing because this is what he's building. It is the center of his heart. Sometimes pastors in distress, God, where are you? <laughs> right here. Yeah. I'm interested in this particular work. We also need to figure out what he is building. If I'm gonna build this thing in my part, I gotta figure out what God is building. He's been building a church for 2,000 years. The Bible says, do not remove the ancient landmarks that your forefathers have set. And so we have Paul lays foundation, Peter lays foundation. Later on, some, some great... Because some great early, I'm gonna use this term, early Catholic theologians that even in the Reformation they adhered to, like Augustine, laid some theological foundation. See, Luther just didn't argue from Paul, he argued from Augustine, who argued from Paul. He was a great theologian. On his deathbed, he did rise up out of his deathbed and said, I've seen the glory and all that I've written is but straw. <laughs> and then he went to be with Jesus. But, but he was a great theologian. And then Luther, with his great revelation of salvation by faith, and the pietists saying, you know, you just can't be a, you just can't, you know, just believe on creeds. You gotta be born again. Birth the Moravian Brethren movement. And you got guys like um, John Hus, 
He was burned at the stake in, in Czechoslovakia because he said, man, the table of the Lord is open to the priesthood of all believers. And he had the guts to say, not all, not all Christians are Christians. He got, he got killed over that one. Just like Paul said, not all Israel is Israel. Here we go, Wesley says, you know what? We can live victorious lives. We can live above sin. They say he, Wesley saved England from, the, from experiencing the same revolution that France did. Changed human history. One Methodist preacher. Wow. Come on, Craig. Come on, A.B. <laughs> Simpson said, you know what? Jesus died for our sins, but you know what? There's healing in the cross. You know, there was healings going on before the Azusa revival took place. Healing houses all over America. They believed God healed. Mariah Adders Woodsworth joined the Pentecostal movement in her 60s. She was already praying in signs and wonders over people. Then the Pentecostal said, you know, there's this thing called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay, then it went on in the 50s. People said there's more of God. There's apostles and there's prophets. And there's, and there's, and there's demonstrations of the power and authority of the Apostle Paul. And so we see what was going on as the latter rain movement. And then we see the charismatic movement where people just, man, I'm talking God's frozen people got fired up for Jesus. Well, there were Catholic priests speaking in tongues and prophesying, laying, laying rosaries on people's heads and praying for them. But, you know, judge them in the context of where they had light and uh, ministering and all of a sudden Lutherans and Presbyterians and Baptists and God was shaking it up according to Smith Wigglesworth's prophecy in the 1930s. God was shaking up and then they said, hey, we got a local churches. Let's build strong local churches. Peter Wagner called it the post-reformation churches. Post-Reformation apostolic churches. That's what you are. You're a post-Reformation apostolic church. You believe in sending and going and reaching and having kingdom authority right here in Coeur d'Alene. That's what God's doing all around the earth. And now we're getting ready for the big harvest and great intercessory movements. And, but everything he built, he's, it's based on what he built before. So he, if you get a new Revy, it has to be within the context of everything in 2,000 years. If it doesn't fit that context, throw it out. Because that means God is a haphazard builder. I had someone prophesy at our church one time, God says to the leadership, throw away everything you've learned up to this time. So I called the person in my office, you really think I'm gonna do that? Throw away everything in my journey of faith? That's all a waste, it's all in vain? My whole life has been a mistake? Is that what you want me to do? God is building, 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 building. We find out what he's building. The second thing it means is that God is looking for people to build through, not for. He builds through people. But he doesn't necessarily have any obligation to my human agenda. I was with a, I was with a young church planner who wanted to, have, wanted to have lunch with me in Vancouver. And uh, he was going to start a church, and so we met at a roadhouse steakhouse for lunch, and I'm eating my peanuts and throwing my shells on the floor, and he's telling me in his denomination he went out and did a weekend assessment thing, and probably looking at it, I probably would buy more into it today than I did at the time, but he was telling me we did this Briggs-Myers test and this test. He's telling me about all these personality-type tests that he took, and and I didn't know what he was talking about. I thought he was speaking another language and I was getting kind of intimidated. I was eating my peanuts listening to all the assessment this guy went in to see if he was ready to be a point leader. And then he asked me the question, what tests did you take? <laughs> and I said, well, I fasted for 30 days. And I remember him saying, that's a good idea. 
that, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good idea. Now, he'll build through people, but he's not obligated to let my Ishmaels live. We can create Ishmaels out of our own strength. We can try to build in, in, in what we want to build. It's interesting. Turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 6, verse 7. 1 Kings chapter 6, verse 7. It says something very interesting about Solomon's temple. So they're building Solomon's temple. It says, in the temple, when it was being built, was built with stone finished at the quarry. Why? So that no hammer or chisel or any iron tool was heard in the temple while it was being built. According to the law, that no tool will be used in building an altar to the Lord. So God will build through me, but he's not necessarily you know, interested in building for me in my, maybe my ego-drivenness or maybe my anxiousness or I'm just gonna go do this and some, my lack of, my prayerlessness, he's not gonna build through my prayerlessness or for my prayerlessness or because I went to Mark's church, I saw what Mark was doing and I was saying, if Mark's doing that, I gotta do that. I do the copycat thing so I can keep up with the Joneses. You know, we just think, you know, if you do these five things, you'll build a great church. That is not true. That is not true. Mark Batterson wrote the book Circle Maker. He's a tremendous leader. He's got thousands in his church in the D.C. area. He planted a church in Chicago. Same man, same gifting, same son of God. Or a son of God, I should say. Okay, same servant. He built that church in Chicago, man, up to 23 people. Shut the church down, couldn't get it off the ground. Goes to D.C., same guy, and all of a sudden, thousands. So you just can't say, you do this formula, and it'll just work for you. There's grace on Heart of the City Church. It was the timing of God, the stirring of God. It was the dealings of God. It was the season of God. It was the now of God. This place was hungry for a church like this. It was harvest to be picked. And so we got we to gotta kind of, God wants to build through us. And I have a principle that I use in my church, and it's really simple. The grace is lifted off of that. Sometimes we're, we're trying to, you know, as Ern Baxter once said about Mary going to the tomb on Matthew 28, and the body of Jesus was not here. The angel said, he is not here. He said, we're always going to where the body of Christ was. Wow. So sometimes we're going to use, we did this in the Jesus people movement and it really worked. But we're not in the Jesus people movement anymore. We're in the postmodern hipster, ex-hippie, states legalizing marijuana, confused culture. We're just a different generation. It's different. We're confused. We're weird. We're trying to make sense of the kingdom of God in the midst of this whole thing. And so grace has lifted so what, God, are you doing? The third thing it means is that God wants us to work on his timetable. Now, Jesus used a, a statement where he said to his mother, and he said it in about five, four or five times in the book of John, my hour has not yet come. I just preached on the, the marriage of Canaan. You know, Mary was persistent. They turned some water, you know, take care of the waters, you know, the wine situation. 
It's not time for me to manifest my glory, only at the leading of the Father. But I think God honored Mary's faith because she turned around to the servants, do whatever he tells them to do. And uh, I think Jesus got a green light from the Father. Jesus says the Son does nothing except that, John 5, 19, that he sees the Father doing. James says, don't say tomorrow we're gonna go do this and that and buy this and go and sell, but say, if the Lord will. So for us just to presumptuously assume, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna get this, is called presumption. And it's a pride movement that I'm not humbly submitting myself to the timing of God. And so it means that God has a timetable, so we gotta figure out the timetable. Paul couldn't get into Bithynia, he couldn't get into Asia, but all of a sudden, seeking God in the middle of the night, God, I, keep, I have broken noses from the doors you're shutting. The Bible says the Holy Spirit forbade him. Then the Lord showed him the Macedonian vision. So I tell church planners, I tell guys going out in the mission field, you go, and when you get to A, that may not be your final destination. You're gonna see B, but you'll never see B until you get to A. God only guides a movement, but we gotta look at his timetable. Some churches have great things God has in store, but they're in a holding pattern. You've been on airplanes where it seems like we've been circling this airport for a long time. What's going on? The guy gets on, yeah, they have no gates down there for us to go into, so we're gonna circle around here for the next five hours. Okay, yeah. you know. Sometimes that has to do with readiness. Sometimes that has to do with preparation. Sometimes that has to do with purifying. Sometimes, sometimes it's discipline. Sometimes he's preparing the soil of where he's taking you. You don't know why God's holding you back. You know, Matt and Lisa Mould, who pastor at New Vintage Church in, in uh, Tri-Cities, I mean, there was a guy named Elijah Waters who was there for a long time who just basically had the keys to the city as a youth minister. He left, when he left, it left a big hole in the community and the, the community, all the Tri-Cities was kind of dry in, in spiritually speaking. And when Matt came, it's a jock town, Matt's sons are outstanding athletes. It was like the perfect little league family fitting the perfect little league community that was looking for a relevant preacher on fire for God. And it was like this perfect thing that God put together in the timing of God. I mean, it wasn't because Matt fasted. I mean, Matt went to the beach one day and got the mind of God. He says, God told me, went to the beach, by five o'clock he told me. Matt hates to fast. And, uh, <laughs> he, just hate, he, hates, he hates to fast, he just doesn't like it at all. And I'm thinking, punk, you gotta fast like a month, you know? <laughs> Goes over there and just turns the place upside down. But God has his timetables for his reasons. Okay. It, fourth thing, it means that God will call us to build something beyond our ability. You know, you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and it God, Paul kind of describes God's team. And he's trying to show that God uses foolish instruments. And, and, he, and he says, for example, look at the church. And he goes to, says such things as verse 26, chapter when you see your calling brothers, not many wise, okay? He didn't say not any, but he says in a church, most of us are dumb. And me included. You're not many mighty or people of influence. You know, I have a U.S. congresswoman in my church, that's kind of cool. And then I have a bunch of people like me, just normal people. He says there's, there's not many noble, and that means people of, of high class or wealth, 
didn't say there's no rich people, but this doctrine that everybody can just believe and be, you know, a millionaire is a bunch of baloney. A bunch of baloney. Okay? Now, I believe, I believe in prosperity. I believe that, I mean, we have to have money to accomplish the purpose of God. I think it's, you know, someone called my wife complaining against a, a friend of mine, and this person that called my wife who's complaining against this friend of mine, she lives in a city where you have to be making into the six digits to live in this city. And she says, I think he's a part of the prosperity gospel. Well, what a hypocrisy, because you can't live in the city where she's calling from unless you're prosperous. Okay, so prosperity is important. God's people have to have money for missionaries to go, okay, for things to get accomplished. It just takes money. Money in the hands of good people, Dave Ramsey says, accomplishes good things. So let's just be practical. It's a great word. We gotta have money to do it. We don't have money, we don't do it. The end. For, you, for God to have money, you have to have money. For you to have money, you gotta prosper. That is what it's like. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody's driving Beamers or if you drive a Beamer, you're out of the will of God. It just means, it just means that we are stewards over money and we want a lot of it to stewards so we can give it to the kingdom of God and then he gives us richly all things to enjoy. I've put a hot tub in my back deck here. I said, honey, we're just gonna do this. My wife just, no, we, let's not do that. I mean, she can buy, she can shop at Nordstrom's, but she goes to Value Village. And because uh, and she just, she's a modest person that way. But you know, we're, we, can, we can afford this. We're gonna build it, I'm gonna sit in it every night. <laughs> you know, I'm, kind of one of those, I'm kind of cocky at 60. I am, it's really kind of cool. You don't really care, you have nothing to prove, you're just cocky, you just kind of, I got in there. I'm 60 years old, I've been doing this in my 20s. I've, I, have, I have gone through every experience. I deserve this hot tub. <laughs> now, now, looking at this, why does God choose kind of a nameless, faceless church? Verse 27, he's chosen the foolish things, the weak things, the base things. Verse 28, the despised things are like this, the things which are not. Why? Verse 29, that no flesh should glory in his presence. So what God does, he gives us a challenge to minister beyond our ability. Now, I'm gonna be real honest with you. J.O. knows he's not a great theologian, but what he does know that I have the body of Christ to lean on. So when he's got questions, he calls me up. He calls other teachers up and walk this through me. He's teachable, he's a learning. Three kings. But I could put a bunch of people from cemetery, I mean seminary. <laughs> and put them all together, they can't do what this guy does. I mean, you think, we think Jesus is impressed with Yale University or Theolo School of Theology or something? No, he's impressed with the anointing. Now, Dr. Strong over here, he, you don't know, this is Dr. Mark Strong, okay? This isn't, this isn't, some, this isn't some wimp. But Mark's anointing is not in his degree. His degree just opens doors for him, sharpens him up, yeah. But there's a flow of the prophetic life of God in Mark. I don't bring Mark to my church because he's, got a, he's a doctor. I bring him to my church because he's a gift. And he's been a gift for years. That's why I bring him to my church. I appreciate education if it's in the will of God for you to do that. And, uh, but I've been in classes with graduate students and just being a homespun theologian, I can basically outdo them sometimes. And I'm not being cocky, well I am being cocky, I'm 60. But, uh, <laughs> but it's in the anointing. But, but the issue is, why? Why does God choose J.O.? It's really simple in verse 29, that no flesh should glory in his presence. No flesh should glory in his presence. 
I watch this man in places of absolute weakness where he's just at the end of himself only to see God resurrect him and do miracles for him. It's the fifth thing it means. It means that God will bring us to a place of weakness so we will depend on him and give him glory. So if this is the case, then God, why does God have to bring me to a place of weakness? Well, because it's, it's the way he makes sure we depend on him and it's the way he makes sure that we don't brag. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse seven. Here it is. We all want to be the Apostle Paul. We want miracles, signs, wonders, shaking the Roman Empire. But here, here's what has to come with it. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. A, here it is. A thorn in the flesh was given to me. So Paul says, this flesh came because of this anointing. That's what he's saying. The anointing brought a thorn. Now, I like it that he doesn't define it. Because that means that all of us throughout church history, we can go through our thorn experiences and look to Paul for comfort in this thing. If he defined it, then we would all dodge the bullet on the thorn. But God has this thorn he has for all of us that's kind of specially packaged for each one of us. And he says it's a messenger of Satan to buffet me. So God will allow a measure of demonic activity against us for the purpose of bringing brokenness to come to him to fight the war. Now concerning this thing, notice, I pleaded with the Lord three times and it might depart from me. And why did Paul just stop it three times? Because he received a prophetic word. My grace is sufficient for you. You can just say, he doesn't say, God doesn't say no. But he says, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made purpose in your weakness. This thorn caused a weakness in Paul that God says because of that weakness, my strength is gonna be seen through your life. My wife will, will tell you that many times, you know, especially internationally, I've been sicker than a dog only to get on the platform and I preach as if I'm in perfect health only for it to be gone and they kind of take me to my hotel, I'm sicker than a dog. You know, one time I had a kidney stone stuck in me for two months and I preached for two months with a kidney stone the size of a centimeter in me. Okay, but I preached. I mean, every time I preached, it was, it was just lifted and I just, I just preached. Mariah Edder Woodsworth, she was in a wheelchair at the end of her life in her little tabernacle in Indiana. When they put her on the platform, she stood, preached like a lion, and as soon as she was done, she collapsed again, put her in a wheelchair, hauled her off. I'm gonna move my strength through your weakness. Therefore, Paul says this, most gladly I'd rather boast in my weaknesses wow. that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Wow. See, we want power, but we don't want the weakness. And that's the problem in American culture because we love beauty and form and wealth and success. And I wanna say something, that is not the kingdom of God. You know, I love that picture in the, in the American Revolution where you got the guy, you know, playing the fife, you know, with a, you know, with a bandage around his head. You know, the other guy's got something tied around his quad, you know. That's God's army. Where's your team? Right here. It's coming out of the locker room right now. 
When did he bless Jacob? He blessed Jacob, boom, when he hit him in the hollow of the hip. Someone was kind of jealous of J.O. that I know and actually talked to God about it. And he said, God, how come you don't bless me like J.O.? The guy, and God said to him, do you want to carry his cross? He backed away and said, got it, Lord. I got it. Power rests on you in times of weakness. Now, even wounded were blessed. Jacob was blessed. But we have a place where he brings us to a place of dependence on him. Then Paul says this most masochistic thing. He says, I take pleasure in weaknesses. I take pleasure in reproaches. So someone comes up to me and says, Bob, you're just the, you're, you're, you're dumb and you're just a bad leader and you just miss God. Thank you. Thank you. The anointing's coming. The anointing's coming. Come on. Come on. Why does he take? He said, for when I'm weak, then I am strong. Chesty Puller, U.S. Marine, surrounded, surrounded by Japanese troops. Tells his men, we got them right where we want them. I take pleasure. I take pleasure. Six, it means that God only requires us to do what is within our human capacity. For he gives, Psalm 127, verse two, he gives his beloved sleep. It's vain to stay up late. It's vain to eat the bread of sorrow or the bread of anxiety. Now, ancient man worked six to six. That was, they didn't have electricity, they didn't have cars. Basically, your work day, when you got up when the sun got up and when the sun went down, you ended labor for that day. You read by candlelight, you know, and torch fire and put a candle in a skull and, you know, your evenings for st- were study, reflection, and, 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 and rest. Usually you went to bed at 8.30, 9 o'clock at night. Only, you know, that's farmer's hours, but there was an agrarian culture. And that's the way they did. When, you know, whether you're a hunter and gathering culture, an agrarian culture, you just didn't do it all day. Hunter gathering cultures, you just gathered, ate your meat and berries, and were kind of sprint, long rest, sprint, long rest, sprint, long rest. That's just kind of the way you, you did. We don't rest enough as a culture, and we're killing ourselves. People are all, you know, you go, go to Kauai, and I think, and, and man, you're, you're, and I work with a church there. The, people live on the island of Kauai eight to ten years longer than we do here in the mainland. Why? Because they, 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 they all go to Hawaii and they'll no longer be a restful place. But uh, <laughs> because they rest. You know, we, we're to let, you know, God is building and God is covering. Now, six to six, we do our job. So I've kind of been, I have some evening meetings sometimes, but I've actually been trying to, trying to do this where Sue will eat a dinner a little bit late, maybe seven-ish, but I'm gonna try and end the evening. Now, we've been in kind of a wild season lately. It's been kind of hard, but it scares me when I get in that wild season because I know what it does to me. I do better doing what I'm biologically geared to do. Kind of sun up to sundown and kind of work that thing and then cut it off. I'll come back and I'll face it the next day. But what about, God's got it covered. What about that? God is building. He who watches over Israel neither sleeps nor slumbers. Okay. 
Wesley, we say, oh man, John Wesley, man. He wrote 233 books. He, he preached 60,000 sermons. He traveled over like 100,000 miles. Yeah, but his wife hated him. He didn't even go to her funeral. Charles Spurgeon, Prince of Preachers. Man, ooh, ooh. yes, but he fought serious depression. David Brainerd just went after the American, Native American. and Yeah, but he burned out at 29 and died. Evan Roberts, Welsh Revival. Had a nervous breakdown, never returned to ministry. Larry Lee, well, could you not tarry with me for one hour? They used to find him curled up under his desk in an embryo position. I have many friends who have burned their adrenaline out and crashed for years out of ministry to rebuild their adrenaline gland. Come on, God, we're not here to kill you. We're here to say, do what you can. Rest, God is building this thing. God is building. Means also, number seven, that God wants us to build with a spirit of rest. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. That means I minister not out of guilt. I don't minister out of guilt. I minister out of, a, I'm an accepted son that I'm trying to do the best I can. Now I can get lazy and everything else, but there's no judgment against me. God can say, Bob, stir it up here or there. We're not to minister out of weariness. We're not gonna minister out of comparing. You do your best, forget the rest. Come on, as, as Tony Horton says, we did a P90X thing. But you do your best and you, and you basically give it to God. You know, even my best, you know, I, I, do the, I say this to worship leaders. They just want to perfect every sound, every intro note, every, everything that they do, every interlude. I said, you know, when we do our best, it's like a five-year-old kid drawing a picture for his parents. Well, we're talking about the creator of the universe who created music. The creator of, you, the, of the universe who created oratory. The creator of the universe knows we're only using a small portion of our brain. Okay, so when we get, God, look what I did for you. It's like a five-year-old kid drawing two stick man of mom and dad. See, I drew a picture of you. Oh, it's so beautiful, honey. You're like Michelangelo, you know. Uh, that's all it is we're giving to God. Take my yoke upon you. One time I was just tormented with guilt over my church. And I was on my knees. I said, like, God, am I doing a good job? Am I doing a good job? And I got off my knees and I got in my car. It was a Saturday morning. I drove to the church and went to my office. And one of my pastors the day before had posted at the end of the day a cartoon picture of Jesus on my door. And it was Jesus smiling with his thumbs up. And underneath it said, you're doing a good job, my friend. So you got someone in your small group, you know, you didn't call me and you didn't do that and you didn't do that and you didn't do that and you didn't do that, you didn't do that, you didn't do that. You know, Jesus was not driven by man, he was driven by the Father. You love people, but if we're gonna put this on a performance thing, time out. We're not gonna go there. We're not gonna go there. I take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. These people burn. I burn out for God. No, you don't burn out for God. You just, you do your best, let God build the church. It means that the church will be built through prayer. Mm-hmm. Paul said, 1 Timothy 2, 1, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men. And he says in verse five, for it is the will of God that all people be saved. So why is prayer important? Because without prayer, people don't get saved. D. Duke in Jefferson, Oregon, who prays three hours a day, prayed a church into 2,000 people. 
runs schools of prayer for church, local church people, has a saying, more prayer is better than less prayer. <laughs> Mark talked about that last night. It's profound, I know. Number nine, close it up here. It means that God is for and towards those who build his church. If God be for us, it doesn't matter what's out there. Who can be against us? God sticks up for you. God vindicates you. God defends you. You know, I've been in some very dangerous places in the world, places like Afghanistan and others. I remember leading a bunch of Afghans to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They got kind of loud, and the police were searching us out the next day. And I was clueless. I was just Mr. Magoo, just kind of going through Afghanistan. <laughs> now, yes, you have to be careful in, in these things, but he's for us. He sticks up for us. He watches over us. He provides for us. He, he's there for us. He's, he's for you. God thinks that you're okay. God likes you. God wants to work for you. God is interested in this place not being defeated, but successful. And if you kind of got that attitude, you get up in the morning and God's with us, he's gonna help us through this thing. And just hold that position, no matter what you see. Good stuff? Well, this is how we build the church. It's how we do it for the long haul, and you can look back, and J.O. and Ray Dean can be on their rocking chairs and... You know, remember, you know, when this happened? Remember when God did this? Make me some more roasted coffee, J.O. Oh, man, yeah. Get in the jacuzzi. Come on, get in the jacuzzi. Come on, just enjoy this sucker, huh? Uh, God's good. He is good. He's for us. He's into victory. I, we don't deny reality. We just deny the outcome. Anyway, let's stand to our feet. Father, we pray right now, right now, in Jesus' name, that every worker here, I, I bless every worker here. I bless them. I had somebody in my church, let me tell you the story, exited our church, and it was going well until they basically said to my wife and I, First, they didn't trust our team, and second, one person of the couple said, this used to be a house of, of grace, it's a house of judgment, and actually spoke a, spoke a curse over my team. My wife cried for two days. So I was so ticked off, you know what I did? I went into my sanctuary at our church one Saturday night, and I prayed for every one of my staff members, and I said, I'm reversing the curse spoken over them, and I'm speaking blessing over their life right now, in Jesus' name. No, am my team perfect? No, do they make mistakes? Yes, are they flawed people? Yes, are they sons and daughters of Adam? Yes, but God, they're also sons of Jesus, and, and God is helping them, and God knows, okay, it's a B minus, but I'm grading on a curve today, I give you an A. God is for them. God's not putting that type of a curse on people. And I actually went in the spirit, you know, so-and-so, cancel out the curse, bless them, Lord. I just felt like I needed to bless my staff. They got picked on. They got attacked. That's the way God is for us. He ever lives to make intercession for us. Amen? So, Father, I pray blessing on this team today. I pray blessing on this team. In the name of Jesus, let grace come upon them. Let the favor of God come upon them. Let the love of God come upon them. Even this morning, Lord, I pray prophetically that we will cheer them up, stir them up, build them up. That God is gonna be with them. 
and all that they do. He's going to be with their going out. He's going to be with their coming in. Lord, I believe you're going to spring miracles on this church, Lord, in this new direction that they're going with a new facility. I believe, Lord, that there's going to be things that only you can do. I believe that there's factors that only God could do. There's a God factor that's going to be completed and filled in by you. I believe people are going to give sacrificial gifts and they're going to have miraculous things take place. I believe that people are going to see with their eyes, I can't believe what just happened. Because, Lord, you built the church. Lord, you're building this church. I pray for individual businesses that they would be blessed. I pray for people's health, that God, that they're gonna see themselves even gradually and miraculously overcoming certain things that are within them, that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is gonna bring life to their mortal bodies, Lord. We thank you for the richness of blessing and that they would walk as ministers of grace and blessing, that they would be blessed and then in that blessing, they would bless. Amen. We can only bless if we're blessed, Lord. We can't bless if we're cursed. And we're not cursed. You took the curse upon yourself. And Lord, I know you take us through your dealings, and I know that you bring brokenness, and I know you do these things, but God, only to do us good in the end. And thank you for what you're doing here. And we just pray for the release of your voice this morning, for the release of your counsel, for the release of your heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Now, J.O., do you want us to start prophesying? What do you want? You're the leader. I think that if you're, you're the flow that way, then I'll do. Do you have something else? You, you want to do some announcements right now? No, let's, let's flow with this, and then I'll do the announcements. Yeah. Okay, you're in charge. I submit to you. <laughs> Amen. The Holy Ghost is here. Amen. My, my sister right there, blonde hair, you're staring right. Hi, how you doing? Right next. Right. I'll get a word for you too, but I got one word for you. I, I believe that you're, you're going to be with a tremendous ministry of compassion working with like, I even hear the word battered women and, and, and women who are broken. And uh, just the, the gift of mercy just flows through your life. You know, you've suffered disillusionment and you've suffered some, some not too good things, but you haven't gotten bitter over this thing. You just said, you know what, I'm gonna pick up myself and I'm gonna walk. And you know, I can only go forward. But going forward, you've seen yourself go from strength to strength. You've seen yourself go from glory to glory. And wisdom's coming and added you're just not gonna counsel out of your own experience, but you're gonna counsel with things that you've learned, and people are gonna come to you to be strengthened by you. Amen, you're gonna, you're gonna know, wow, I'm being used by God in this way, and the person said, you just really helped me. I mean, I've just been, this one word of wisdom can turn the key on somebody, and God's gonna give you great wisdom, great discernment, and you're just gonna have tremendous prophetic insight into them. You receive this? And Father, right now, in Jesus' name, let the anointing touch of my sister, uh, my sister, just come. Just minister to her, minister through her. Amen. I just, you know, when he restores, he always restores to greater quality and quantity. It's a law of restoration. And I believe that's going to be true to you. He's going to restore the years, he's going to restore the dreams. 
the second half of your life is going to be like lemonade. And the first half of your life had a lot of lemons, but man, you're coming in to the world of lemonade. And sometimes you're just going to say, how, how did this all happen? And um, this God's just restoring you. So when you're talking to people, you're not telling you, you're just going to have to, you know, suck it up and, and draw through things and, and uh, you know, just hang on till Jesus comes. You're going to give him a better future. And you say, look at me, I'm a trophy of his grace. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Mm, God, you're good. Thank you, Lord, for encouraging the people of the Lord. Thank you, God. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Right here, this, this couple right here. God bless you guys. Amen. Every couple here? Like, no? Single? Separate? Sit yeah. together? Yeah, no, I'm really paranoid about this, aren't I? Yes, I, I apologize. Yeah, that's, that's, yes, we are. Yeah, that's good. Years. Oh, that's excellent. That's excellent. Congratulations. I've been, I've been married 37 years. Uh, but, uh, yes. Hey, man, I just see a, a tremendous gift of administration on you. Just, man, just able to pull things together and organize teams and and uh, you know you think you know, how spiritual is that well it's listed in 1 Corinthians 12 yeah. okay it's right up there with prophecy and miracles and everything else and uh, I know the excitement of your pastor and we didn't have some people kind of making sure it, uh, it was going to stay in the two lanes he would go into a ditch so he needs administrative people around him and I just believe you just have you're going to be kind of a, a kind of a, a general without general title in the church you got an authority go do this go get that shop for that don't do that let's do this creative ideas even to make this place better and serving and serving people i just see the two of you have a tremendous ministry in giving and uh and uh and just strengthening the church with resources just kind of got a picture of a wheelbarrow with money just coming in yeah. Just, hey, Pastor, look what we dug up. And uh, just, you know, just bring it into the house of God. You know, you know people, write, people don't understand emotionally what it takes to write a big check. I'm just telling you, writing a $200 check and writing a $20,000 check has a different emotional feel. And, but you know what? You have none of that. You just love, I hate to say it, you love writing big checks, bro. And uh, man, look what we gave it. Look what we gave it. We gave it away. And, and you're just excited about it. God bless you. So great wisdom. I, I don't know if you got a, a business council in the church or this or that, but you're going to be mentoring business people and uh, having counsel to just help them along. And don't do that. That's, that, that's going to really hurt you. But do this and that'll have. You just got a man of great wisdom in this area. Amen. So Father, bless them right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for this type of gift in the church. Woo. Mmm. Mmm. You know, in the tabernacle of Moses, every board was stuck in these bases that held two boards together. And without those bases, those foundational bases, the whole tabernacle would cave in. And you're, you're people of the undergirding that hold this thing up from the bottom up. And I just see you like, like glue. And you're walking around and you're making everything adhesive in this church. And making everything adhesive in this church. 
financially and teams and things going together, this thing is going to fly because you're part of that company. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And, and you know, there, sister, there's a, there's a prophetic touch upon you. I mean, there is. I mean, you get, you get somebody in your mind, you can't shake it. I mean, that person, man, that, why am I thinking of so-and-so? And just just keep following that nudge because God's directing your steps. You got scriptures you give people and things come to you. I got a verse for you. And it's just not a verse. It is the verse. And, and maybe a word of encouragement may not seem too profound, but it may be the word of the Lord to them. I had a businessman in my church going through a dark time, and he walked into my church, and he says, God, are you with me? That's, that's all I ask. God, are you with me? And some of my church walked up to him in the middle of prayer. He says, you know, I just feel like I'm supposed to tell you God's with you. <laughs> now, you say that, well, ain't too profound. To you, it's not. But to them, it is. So, man, just move in this thing in Jesus' name. Move, counsel, resources, blessing, strengthen the house of God. Lord, just bless them today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Stir it up, Mark. Honey. I got a mark and honey. <laughs> Just had a, I had a thought about this couple right over here. If you would come over, I just wanted to pray over you, and uh, yeah, you guys. <laughs> Lord, I just ask right now that your spirit would just speak, and I, I know that. Um, We see in a glass darkly. We see through a glass darkly. We see part, says the Bible. And I feel like um, you guys have been on a seeking journey and trying to get a hold of what, God's ha what God has for you. And I see you just like hitting walls of frustration, walls of frustration of not being able to fully comprehend what God has for you. And God comes today and says, well done for your, your faith, your desire is seen of me. I don't reveal everything in your life because I, I couldn't, it would, it would crush you. But I have a great destiny for the two of you, says Lord. I have a great plan ahead. I, I love you both with an everlasting love. Even I have rescued you and pulled you out situations over and over again because I love you with an everlasting love. I have protected you, says the Lord, against things that you wouldn't even know what would happen if you had stayed there. And today the Lord comes to say that I see your, your faithfulness and your desire. I come in today and I say, well done. There's a hunger a hunger to serve, a hunger to be used, a hunger even to run uh, even ahead of God. And God is saying, you know, this is the time where you settle in, you root in, you learn the ways that I have for you. You attach, you can make connections. You have friends over, you have older people over to your home and and ask them questions. Make a list even before they come over of things you want to know about the ways of God. Learn 
and dig in and plant and put your roots in deep. Even there would be a time to leave and to go, but now is not that immediate time because I want you to root and I want you to be planted. I feel, sister, there's even, um, uh, the word just comes, a, a healing of the heart. There's a heart issue that the Lord wants to come in and heal and bring uh, just a comfort to you. Comfort is part of what the Spirit does. He's a comforter. And the comfort that he wants to bring to you um, is even from wounds of people that were um, out of your control. But God comes in and he says, I comfort you. I bring a peace that even words that people have said would not stick to you, that they would fall off in the, and not stay. Oh, release those, even those accusations. Release in the name of Jesus those accusations right now. Amen. Pastor Bob was sharing, uh, one of the things that just kind of struck my heart was just the need for that rest and replenishment. And I want to just uh, share a scripture here, and then we're going to just pray for those who this pertains to. But uh, here was Elijah, and basically what he was doing, he was going through a transition. He was uh, leaving, leaving off the scene, and God was in the process of having him to anoint and uh, his successor. And so he was making a journey from one place to the other. And so uh, he'd reached a place where he was like, you know, pretty much just kind of burned out. And uh, he'd had enough. But uh, verse 7 of First Kings uh, chapter 19, it says that, uh, I'm sorry, verse 5. Starting verse 5, it says, Elijah, he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. And all at once the angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. And the angel came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Herob, the mount of God. And there he went into the cave and spent the night. And so we talked a little bit last night about the journey that God has for you. And you're going to need the strength to be able to go the distance. And if you, you're here this morning, and in your heart, you know, you, you say, man, my tank's a little bit just, just depleted. I, I, I don't want to give up. Um, I'm not discouraged. I'm not, uh, you know, overwhelmed. But just my, uh, the needle on my gas tank is a little low. And I need God to pour into me something just to sustain me, to keep me going. When Elijah got that fuel, said for 40 days, 40 days, he was strengthened to accomplish that piece of the journey. And so you as a church, you, there, there's, there's another place God's taking you to. And so God wants to make sure you have the, the nourishment and the strength, the chutzpah, to be able to get to where it is that he wants you to go. So what I like to do is if you're here this morning and you just... Uh, Say, hey, you know, my, my tank's a little bit depleted. We all get there. I mean, hey, Elijah's the man. If he got there, you and I can get there. And I just want, if, if that's you, just want you to come and just lap along here. We're going to pray. We're going to just trust God to pour some 
fresh sustenance into your being to give you the strength you need to keep moving. Amen. And I just prophesy even over the house today that this will not be a season of, you know, okay, we got this uh, this 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 project coming up and oh, we got to make all these trans. It's not going to be that. But I believe God is saying it's going to be a a transition and a season of joy. You're going to know the joy of the Lord. And I, and I, and I believe this. The day will come even when uh, there will come a, a book out of this house. <laughs> Pastor J.O. and Pastor Rainey, they'll, they'll, they'll write a book and they'll talk about the joy of impacting a city. And within that will be the story of all that's gone on here, uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the great, and, and the awesome stuff that's taking place. But it's going to capture that reality that God has just submitted in this church, that even through it all, this place is a house of joy. And so the, 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 the food God's going to give you today, he's going to give you some, some nice meat that's going to be joy to your soul and to your spirit. That's going to propel you forward for the journey. Just lift your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Father God, we just say thank you today that, Lord, you are wiping out weariness today. Fatigue. Lord God, just uh, tiredness, Lord, from the, the journey and the battle, Lord. You know that our, our strength is limited, Lord. But, Lord, today you are coming to just renew the strength of your people. And so we say, Holy Spirit, just come. Come, Holy Spirit, and just begin to pour into the depths. Pour into the depths, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, God. Now just let the Lord just let the Lord just do something wonderful in your spirit and your heart right now. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. In the name of Jesus. Lord, you said those who wait upon you, they would renew their strength. They would mount up wings as eagles. They would run and not be weary. They would walk and they would not faint. And so, Lord, we just decree a, uh, a strength exchange in this place today. Hallelujah, Lord. God Almighty. The lady right back there, I think you have kind of a maroon, maroonish color shirt. Yeah, just lift both your hands to the Lord right now. God is coming today to give you a total overhaul. The fatigue that's been in your mind and your heart and your emotions. God is saying, I am coming today to give you a strength. There's going to come a, uh, 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 a pep in your step and a glide in your stride. God says, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to give you a total uh, 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 lube job. Uh, the transmission. The oil, the brakes, all of it. God says, I'm going to pour oil into your heart, into your life today. And the joy of the Lord is going to so flood your spirit. Oh, In the name of Jesus, you are going to sing. You're going to laugh. You're going to dance. You're not going to go to bed uh, at night uh, with a sigh. Okay, God, I made it through another day. 
God says those days are gone. You're going to go to bed with a smile. You're going to wake up with a smile because the Spirit of the Lord is coming upon you, old woman, uh, to change your demeanor, to change your, 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 your place, to change your position, for joy shall be your portion. Uh, I just sense, I don't know if there's a, a daughter or somebody in your life. Uh, the Spirit of God says, I'm going to break through. Uh, even just the darkness that's been surrounded, I'm going to break through. Uh, and I'm going to bring a deliverance, saith the Lord. Uh, for yea, the sun shall not only shine uh, upon your heart, uh, but my sun shall shine even upon your family uh, and those around you, even those that you carry in your heart uh, in prayer and intercession. And says, God, uh, I will cause uh, the joy of the Lord to break forth. There's a lady here. There's a lady here. Every since I hear this Lord saying, like even like 12 years old, even since you've been a teenager, you have had bouts with depression. I mean, it's just been something that's been chronic in your life. And I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying tonight, tonight, today, right now, he is going to break. You're going to get a you're going to get a miracle. You're going to get a miracle. The scripture says this is that uh, when Moses and the Israelites got ready to cross the Red Sea, uh, God told Moses, he said, the Egyptian you see today, you will see no more. And that's the word of the Lord for your depression. You will see it no more. If that's you, just wave at us. We want to pray for you. I believe God wants you to just break that yoke. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. We're all family here. Hallelujah. Put that down, that book down here. <laughs> and just lift your hands and just thank the Lord. Come on. You know what? Listen. People go through different kind of, Pastor Bob said it beautifully. We go through different kind of prisons and different kind of crosses. But the Lord says, this is where your deliverances come from. You sought the Lord and he heard you. And he delivered you out of the miry clay. And he set your feet up on a rock. And he established your goings. And he's putting a song in your mouth. And the Lord says, even the fear, that fear that just comes up on you, will this hit me again? Will I be overtaken? No more. You are free. You are free. In your mind, you are free. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. One more thing before I pass the mic off. If you, uh, I hear this. Sometimes it's not just doing the work that wears you out, but sometimes it's the issues that you grapple with, even personally, that wear you out. Remember the Bible said there's a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years. She suffered. She spent everything she had. She went to the doctors. So socially, she was depleted. Financially, she was depleted. Uh, Physically, she was depleted because she had an issue of bleeding. So in other words, life was going out of her by, caused by an issue. And I believe that there's someone here today, I don't know what the Spirit's not, God's not giving you nothing specific, but you've got some issues that need to be plugged and healed that are literally draining the lifeblood out of you. I just feel like I just feel the presence of God here today, just a, a miracle for you that God is going to let you feel in your body like that woman. You're healed from that plague. So if that's you, just kind of slip your hand up. We're going to pray.
Jesus. If you see somebody with their hand up, just uh, we're all in this together. Just go lay hands on them. And we're going to just pray and just trust the Lord today. We're going to release faith to believe the Lord, to cauterize the bleeding in Jesus' name. God, we speak to these mountains in the name of Jesus. We say, be thou removed. We say, you have tormented long enough. The lessons that needed to be learned, they have been learned. Lord, now it's time to move forward. They've been around this mountain, Father, long enough. So God, by your grace, by your power, by your anointing, we declare release. We speak it. We decree it in their hearts and their lives today, Father God, in Jesus' name. And Father, we, we lay hold of the same testimony as that woman with the issue in blood. She said, when she touched you, immediately she felt in her body something had changed. And Lord, you gave that woman that assurance that something had changed. And Lord, for these we're praying for this morning, God, give them that assurance in their spirit. Father, even now, that something has changed. We thank you and we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God. Hallelujah. I was, you know, Pastor Bob was sharing. I was like, man, I just need, I wish I was just sitting here being a recipient today. I was like, I'd have been, I'd have been over there bawling, man. I was like, oh, I'm telling you, I was just kind of weeping. My heart was just like, oh, God, oh, oh you know. I mean, that thing was hitting me so deep, so deep. I was mad. But one of the things that he said was just the, uh, about just the, uh, the anointing, the, the, the anointing. You know, and, 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 you know, a lot of church circles today, people talk about the anointing and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's marketed, it's hyped, it's all this kind of crazy stuff. But. The true presence and the anointing of God is not about all that. It's for one thing. One thing. Number one, to help you and me do what God has called us to do and to bless the devil out of people's lives so they can be free and do what God wants them to be. <laughs> that's, that, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. It's not about trying to, not about trying to you know, have a big billboard, you know, city church, uh, 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 heart of the city church, the most anointed place on earth. It's not about all that because the billboards in the heart of people that get to come in contact with Christ and they're set free and they're changed. That's where that's 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 where that's the marketing. But I just sense God wants to pour a fresh anointing to not just to, re, you know, revive you, come and get rid of the tiredness, but just a fresh anointing. For this season, when I got, uh, I, I grew up uh, in a, I grew up as a Nazarene, and then I was, uh, we we lived in Washington, Portland, moved to Washington, went to a Nazarene church for years. 
Then we left the Nazarene church. I uh, was part of, the, uh, of a Methodist church. So got saved in the Methodist church, uh, went to Methodist seminary, and all those kind of stuff. And so growing up, growing up, I didn't know nothing about all this stuff that we're doing here. I mean, like, this was, I remember the first time I went to the MFI conference. And they were, they were prophesying, thus saith Lord, the house of the Lord. I'm thinking, man, these people are weird. I'm like, what kind, what kind, of, what kind of terminology is the house of the Lord? And, and then this lady gets, she gets up, she starts singing, she's prophesying. I'm like, what is that? But the, the, the thing was, I liked it. Even though, even, though, even though I didn't know what it was, I, I liked it. And something was kind of just kind of drawing me. And so that was different. And I remember I, the first time I heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was uh, sitting in a church service, a uh, church called Maranatha in Portland, and I was sitting next to my aunt, and then my, uh, my cousin was next to me, and all of a sudden my aunt starts going, sha la 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 mama la ba la ba la 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 ba la 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 And I mean, I was so hungry for God, I, I, I tapped my cousin, I said, Lynn, what prayers, what, what, what prayers that Auntie Odessa's praying? Let, tell me what that is so I can go buy a copy of it. I thought you had to buy a copy of that prayer. She looks at me, she goes, boy, you are so stupid. She says, that's tongues. I said, it's what? She said, it's, it's, it's tongues. I said, okay, whatever it is, I know that I want it. I know that I, I, know that I want it. So God filled me with the spirit, got, got tongues, and then this, this, this whole prophetic thing started happening. I'm like, man, this is, this is just so weird. What is, what is this? You know, I'm sitting in a prayer meeting, and, and I feel this thing going on inside of my heart. And uh, I'm like, God, what's, I'm just, I'm confused. And so this one lady, she's prophetic. She comes, she goes, she says, this thing you feel in your heart, I'm a Methodist now, you know. She says, this thing you feel in your heart, she says, this is a desire to prophesy, and you will prophesy in this city, you will prophesy in this church, you will prophesy in different places. I'm trying to figure, okay, now I need to get a dictionary so I can see what it means to prophesy. <laughs> but my point for all that is this, is that it wasn't ever, it, 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 it's not just one outpouring of God in your life for everything. We need fresh anointings to do what God has called us to do. You guys can't go on the anointing you had a year ago or two years ago. Come on, you got to get this thing has got to be fresh. It's got to be new in terms of what God wants to bring forth. Like Pastor Frank said, new levels, new devils. Well, not just new levels, new devils, new levels, and new anointing. New levels, new uh, deposit and empowering from God to do what God has called you to do. So I want to ask if you would just raise your hand one more time and in your own way, just begin to cry out. And just ask God. Maybe there's somebody here that hasn't been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I don't know. God wants to give you your prayer language. Just open up and just receive the baptism. But just begin to ask God specifically, whatever your area of ministry is. If it's children, if it's small group, if it's, if it's feeding people, if it's working in the parking lot. Whatever your ministry is, just begin to ask God for a fresh anointing. Fresh baptism. Fresh baptism. Baptism, fresh baptism. Oh God, let it flow. 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 Oh
back there I talked with him before he's got his he's got his hands kind of like this over his mouth that's back there blonde blondish guy Steve Barnhart he's is that Steve uh, Barnhart yeah I know he is okay I got a, I got a word for him amen 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 wow you want to get Pastor Mark strong in a vein he just starts going huh Steve Steve right Back there, Steve. Yeah, Steve, you know, I got a word for you. You are a guy that's just loaded. You're loaded with the word. You're loaded with training. You've just been like, God, I'm just like pregnant with no baby coming. You know, what do I do with all this and, and everything that, you know, I've learned over the years? I'm just, I'm doing things, but why all the wealth that's been deposited in within me? And I believe one of the things that you're going to start doing is you're going to start writing little mini Bible studies. You know, just things can be used in small groups, even subject topical, but sometimes just even a book, you know, just to study the book of Philippians and just give book studies. And you're going to be able to write them out and put them together. And there's going to be this teaching gift that's going to come through writing a structure and giving tools. You're going to be like a tool chest, giving tools to the builders of the church and just add that dimension. I don't know if you've ever had a heart to write anything and put anything together like that, but Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I just first encourage my brother that his, his days aren't over and he's not gonna keep going around the mountain, around the mountain, around the mountain. I just believe you're gonna go around the mountain, now you're gonna start moving towards crossing the Jordan and, and possessing. And there will come a time in this house where you'll say, now I know why I'm here. You know, you're doing great things, you're doing good things, but you're going to be doing things that so fit everything that was in you in times past, and God's going to marry them together. Father, let it be a great blessing to him. Let it be a great blessing to the house of God here. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Man, books all over the place for Bible studies. I just see that. I just see that in my spirit. University of Idaho Vandals. Amen. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a wildcat from central Washington. Um, I, just, I just see the word over your head, fam, family. Family ministry, family counseling, family encouragement. I mean, you're Mr. and Mrs. Focus on the family. You've done well to build your own house, and now you're going to help other people build their houses. God's even going to, I think God's even going to add a dimension of education to this thing. And, and, and I mean, not like going to school, but going to conferences. And I just see your pastor sending you to places just to even equip you in a greater way. And, and people are just going to come to you and raising kids and, and marriage conflicts. And, and man, I just, see the, I just see the mark of that thing, you know, on you. And what, a, what an honor to build the families in the house of God. I love the promise in Isaiah about when the Lord appears in his glory. It says he's going to dwell in his glory above every dwelling place of Zion. Every dwelling place, Zion. It's a lamb for a house. And I believe that you're going to be ministers of salvation of houses. And that's going to be your calling. Father, in the name of Jesus, just, just release this grace and...
release this ministry in their life and marriages. And, and Father, we thank you, Father, for this. We thank you for their journey. We thank you for their faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, that my brother has an extremely kind and a gentle heart that he has led with velvet gloves. I believe that you're going to teach men to honor their wives as the weaker vessel. That's not a put down. The idea in the Greek is like a, like a valuable vase that has a little crack in it. You just have to handle it very, very carefully. And you've just led that way. You're going to teach brute men to, to be a little bit softer, okay, a little kinder, a little gentler, okay, with a more listening ear. You're a servant, brother. You're a servant. You serve your wife. You serve your children. You serve others when you have that virtue. You are a man's man in the sense that you have learned what it is to give my life. You're, you're an I am third man. It's, it's, it's God's first, my family second, and I am third. And the Lord just comes to bless you today. And, and I, I'm gonna, you're going to be just almost like a Dave Ramsey poster child family. You're, you're, gonna, you're gonna, he says, live like no one else so you can live like no one else. I just see you've been a tremendous steward over your finances. And what it's gonna happen, it's gonna accumulate over time into wealth. And you're gonna be one of those people, you wanna land where we landed? Here's the 30 year program. Amen, so Father bless them. Bless them in, in Jesus' name. Amen. So someone else running around here. I had you up front, but you slipped out of my fingers like a wet bar of soap. <laughs> and it's like looking for somebody with a beard around here. I mean, everyone's got beards. <laughs> Except J.O. Right. He tried. Doesn't work. Man, I'll find you. I lost you, but I'll find you. I got your number. <laughs> I got your number. Maybe it was you. Were you up here earlier? That's you. You're, there you are. It's the black curtain. Come on up here. Yeah, come on. Don't be afraid. I, I won't hurt you. I mean, I just, I saw you when you were up here. I, I saw you. You know, the guy that does the old show where he's got these plates on poles and he's got them, you know, spinning and, you know, one plate falls off. He runs over to catch it, get it back on the pole, and then he gets that and another plate falls off. Right now, you're in a season of your life, you got a lot of plates spinning. <laughs> yes. You know, you're, you're, trying, you're trying to serve, but you're being prepared in other areas outside of the church and... You know, you're taking on new responsibilities in life and, you know, and in family and everything else. And <laughs> don't sleep a whole lot. And you're just trying to, you know, sometimes you just feel like your life is just kind of, like, God, is, is this insanity really from you? And I, 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 for, a, for a while, because there's this preparation thing you're in, for a while it's going to be like this. And I it just don't, don't judge it and don't get weird in it. Just every time God gives you a little break, you just sit with him. I think you felt a little guilty. You know, I'm not praying an hour every morning and I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that and I should be doing this. Let's, let's take that off right now. Yeah. Take that off. Yeah. Take that off. Yeah. It's off. You grab a word when you can get a word. You pray when you pray. You know, Susanna Wesley, I think she had 13 kids and she prayed. She threw her apron over her face. And when she was, with the aprons over her face, her kids couldn't bother her. 
get a hoodie, okay? <laughs> get a hoodie and you know, kind of cover it. You know, honey, when the hoodie's on me, he can't touch me. I'm a, I'm a ninja right now for Jesus. You know, just, just kind of draw, just kind of draw that, that individual strength from him. You grab a word. You might be a half a chapter here, a chapter here. Might be something you catch during the day. I just need my 10-minute shot. You know, you add it all up. You can even get in good shape just doing something five minutes an hour. What's true in the natural is true in the spiritual. And don't compare yourself. You're in a whole different time of life. And God just wants, actually, he wants to remove guilt from you today. It just put a giggle in your spirit that, that man, this is insane, but he's in the middle of it. So, Father, take, take off performance off of him now. Lord, you're just pleased with him. God, he has a heart for you. No condemnation. We rebuke the devil's appointing finger. So stupid, it's religiosity. Amen. Smith Wigglesworth said, I, I don't pray ever more than 15 minutes, but 15 minutes doesn't go by where I don't pray. So you just kind of, you just fit it all through. You walk in the spirits. You love God 24 hours, 24 hours a day. Grab the word when you can. Grab prayer when you can. You got some time to meet with this person. You do it when you can. Your heart's into it. Don't let anybody put any carnal expectation. You guard yourself against any criticism because they ain't walking in your shoes. So, Father, strengthen him now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Got something, honey? Okay. All right. Okay. Okay, Joe. We're going to pray for the Hazens. I think we are. I could dig some more, but. We want to pray over the Hazens right now. Angela would come up. Oh, I got one more thing. Sorry. I do have something. It's for Topher. God's going to put a chill pill in you. I just feel that you're just internally stressed on trying to figure everything out where you are in life. And he, there's going to be this beautiful pill he's going to give you. It's better in volume. It's just peace of God. He's just going to cause you just to rest. You're going to, you're going to take the oars away. You're going to put up the sail and just let this thing just kind of blow. Okay, you don't have to figure it all out. I believe God just really wants you to enjoy the moment. Amen. Just let your gifts flow. Here's what's going to happen, Topher. Not that, not that you're looking for this, so don't, I'm not saying that. But your fame will come from the fruit in this house. And when you produce, and you're going to produce creatively, I, I actually see whole plays that you're going to write and presentations. And, and uh, I see doing things creatively with the worship team, spoken word and 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 uh, just all this stuff, and it's 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 gonna it's gonna what it's gonna do because God's gonna look at this house. Your your dream's gonna be fulfilled by giving God your dream and just building this house. And you want to, but you're almost you've got this nagging thing like maybe you're betraying something of an earlier day. And so we're gonna take it to the altar today. Let this thing just rest enjoy it and you you just trust me you 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 let go of this thing and god's gonna catch you and you're gonna see him unfold the dream in his way in a way you could never put together in writing your story 
And so I just think you're going to sleep better. You're going you're gonna to rest better. I just feel like the Bible's going to jump out at you after today. Just all of a sudden, you're going to see everything. There's been an anxiety in your head that God, that God just wants to undo the wires right now. Unplug, 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 and just let peace come into your spirit. Come on, this is going to be a good day. Jamie Ray is going to be having a party now. It's in Jesus' name, amen. I just think part of that, that anxiety is it, just too, you're, you're, you're going to just be comfortable in being who you are. You don't have to try to be like anybody else or do what anybody else does. You're going to just be comfortable in the skin that you're, you're in. And I believe that's a gift that God's going to give this church. You know, I've been to churches before where everybody's like a cookie cutter. You know, you see one, you see them all. You know, everybody's got, in the, they got the same dress on. They got the same whipped you do in the hair and all. I mean, it's like, man, what is this, man? Clone? Yeah, 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 clone, this, what is this, Cloneville? But I think, I think one, one of the gifts that God's going to give you as a, as, as a church is that people are going to be able to come to this place and just be who they are, you know? They're going to be able to be who they are, and they're going to be able just to come, they're going to be able to, to sit and work, and they're not going to feel that weird church peer pressure to try to conform to the image of the culture. But they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna have the freedom and the grace to conform to the image of Jesus, and so that will be a, that will be a, a, a grace that God will put on this church. And when you start, and when you start to sniff it out, it won't just be uh, Pastor Jay going, Pastor uh, Jay going after it like a bulldog, but even uh, even you, others, they'll say uh, that's that's not kind of who we are here. This we 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 operate a different kind of way here, but people are gonna have the freedom to be who they are. Hey Amen. We're getting all re-stirred. I'm sorry, Joe. We just get that mic. Okay, Mike. Uh, this couple right here. I just got a simple word for you. I believe God is going to just do something incredibly refreshing in your family. There's just something even, it's not that you have broken relationships. I just think a rope has kind of got some shredded strands on that rope and God's going to be weaving things back together where almost like they were at another time. And you're, and you're just going to see like, man, the Lord's just doing some wonderful things. And this sounds like, what kind of a word is this? You're going to have some great holidays. I'm talking about festivities around the table and, and fatted calves being killed and, and it's just, just tension gone and kids coming back and kids wanting to hang and even a reconnection with some grandkids. And I just see this thing just bubbling where you say, man, God does all things well. And it's nothing that you're going to do. It's just watch. It's going to come as a result of your prayer life. Watch what God does. It's not that it's broken, but it's gonna be a, God's going to bring a peace into this thing. And it's going to be natural, and it's going to be real. You know if you kind of do the politically correct thing, you're, you're doing the shuffle with relationships, and none of that will be there. Everyone's going to be able to be themselves with great unity and peace. I just feel like the Lord especially wants to tell you everything is going to be all right. Yeah. Okay. I think I need to say something. Weird word. Go ahead. <laughs> 
this, this is just kind of weird, but I don't know if there's somebody here, you got some kind of project going on at your house, and it's almost like you've kind of run into some kind of stalemate to get this thing done. I don't know if it's a drive, I don't know, driver, whatever it is, I don't know. But I just like the Lord just says, he's going to give you some, I don't know how spiritual this is, but he's going to give you some help to get that project done at your house. It's just kind of been there laying on your, it's just been like just kind of nagging you. But I just feel like there's, gonna be, there's, there's some help coming to get that project done. So uh, if that's you, just kind of slip your hand. We're going to just send a prayer of that your way. Yeah. And we're just going to just trust God. <laughs> yeah, Topher. Topher needs some more grace there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, all right. So, Lord, you know what this project is. And we just say, Lord, thanks for helping him. Thanks for getting it completed. In Jesus' name, amen. Right, we want the Lord in the house here. I just pray. Have you guys seen? Ready? I just feel like the two of you are asking God, God, if you would um, speak to us concerning this matter, we just would contend for a real direction. The Lord comes this morning and says that I have, um, I have this thing under control. I feel like the family is. Um, the family matter that you're presenting, you've been interceding, crying out to him, is really tearing you up inside. And I feel like there's a, there's just a, a wayward child that has been um, just a, like a, an ache that is 24/7. And yet God has seen the cry of your heart. I answer the cries of the parents' heart. I, I come and I bring in. God, my forces, says the Lord, to uh, bring uh, just a, 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 an arrest to this one. I, I feel like there's going to be a, a, a circle of ropes and chains to slow this one down, stop this, this child in the, in, in the tracks. And uh, I don't know if it's a male or female, but I feel like there is a, a God factor coming right now to bring a... A, an arrest, it, you know. I don't. I don't see a, a jail sense, but I see a, a a God arrest where He takes His chains of love and He binds someone to Him in love and slows down their own thinking in the moment where He comes in and He. It, it says He draws all men to Him. He draws us. We don't find Him. He finds us. He is going after that prodigal right now in Jesus' mighty name. We claim this one for you. We know your hand is on this one. Your hand has been on this one from the beginning of, con of their conception. And today we call, we call this one by your name, son, daughter, child. This is a child of God. There's no more... This rebellion is going to stop in Jesus' name. Pregnant woman's married to the right now. Sure, right? In Jesus' name. I believe there's a, there's a ministry in the two of you right, to even... Okay. Um, yeah, okay. I, I thought he had a blonde-haired wife. Then. I mean, I, I okay, just see like you guys are fence builders. Yeah. I, I feel yeah. like you guys own mm. lots and lots of fence material. 
in, I, I mean like it's in piles. And I feel like there's a spiritual message here. I don't, She's pretty good, I, I don't, isn't she? I don't know if that, that was funny because it was natural, but in the spiritual, I feel like you guys have the ability to put fences around um, the lives of others. And even though you've gone through this personal pain, it is not a shame. The Lord says, I don't count you shameful. I count you uh, amazing parents. I see you as great leaders in the house of God. This fence building is going to go into a place where you put around people even the word, the corral of the word, you bring the corral of truth around people, you're going to corral even young people in and take them from wayward living to sensible living. You have a ministry to bring people into making sense of life and sense of themselves, teaching them natural things as well as spiritual. And I, this day, the Lord commend the two of you for this ministry, and I even expand it, more fencing, more building, says the Lord. Wow. Wow. Going on here, right here. Congratulations on the baby coming. I have a word. You're going to have a baby. All right. You know, you, you know, I can give you a word like you went through this. You're just a really happy person. I mean, there's just, God's gifted you with that. And don't feel guilty about that. You have a good life. You're positive. And I just see you kind of doing, you know, kind of a young mom's group and, and, uh, you know, let's bring your babies and bounce them on your lap and we'll try to flip open a Bible verse and talk. We just, you're just going to cause women to rest in their motherhood. I see a blog. I don't know if you blog. And uh, I do see a blog where you're writing and, and thoughts and insights. You're just going to be like this professional young mom with bits of wisdom helping young moms and encourage, just a, a ministry of encouragement to young moms. I mean, come on, ladies, I, I raised four daughters, watch what my wife went through. I have four daughters, I watch what they go through as young moms. And it is kind of a parenthetical time of your life where life doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, you're, I mean, you don't always have it together. Every one of them has hilarious stories of mishaps and everything else. I just believe you're gonna cause them to rest in it, to laugh in it, to tell stories, to encourage, and play groups around and having fun. And, and then you're gonna, I believe God's gonna give you the pen of a ready writer, and you're gonna write about this whole thing. I believe there just needs to be a little confidence in that area, that, uh, that you have the ability to do that. Hilarious insights. I mean, you're gonna have a funny ministry. I'm not funny and weird, but it's gonna be humorous. We need to laugh. We need to laugh at this thing called life. So God bless her right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. I'm done. Bob laughs at me sometime because I'll say, bro, you're in the vein. <laughs> kind of a heroin thing. It's kind of a heroin thing. <laughs> I mean... Laugh at me all you want, they're in the vein. And God just does that to encourage you. Before, I, before we pray over the Hazens, I, I just want to 
once again, Radian and I have insight where you or you may not know, like, uh, if I understand it, you're going to be part of taking over the women's, the, the new moms this week, this week, after Angela is leaving, along with her and Amber. And then, let me just go down the road just for a minute, corral and fencing and wayward child i know your son see listen god speaks to us in part please don't be like naaman well they didn't prophesy exactly the way that i wanted to i didn't like the mannerisms of pastor mark i didn't like how bob did that Stinking go dip in the Jordan yeah. like the prophet says and get over yourself. <laughs> Stinking go dip in the Jordan. That's a quote. That's a quote. And Kathy, it's going to all be all right. Yeah. My, come on. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. I, I heard a word spoken in, I heard a word spoken in the future. I heard a word spoken in the future. That's all I know. And then we just ate dinner with them the other night, Tony and Jill. They're, they're somewhat new here. But you talking about a, a, a beautiful family. you talking about someone who knows how to take care of his wife. Talking around the dinner about their two sons. I mean, just absolutely family people. And let me, I could just keep going. I mean, Connor, come here, Connor. Connor, Connor, Connor. Connor, 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 Connor. Come here, come here. Now, listen to this. I just want to build your faith. Oh, I see you. You are in a new kind of position. You're dangling plates, spinning plates, and, you, you know, uh, all. The, he just, we just hired him at the church in January. As an assistant to pastors, even though he has his credentials and he is a pastor, and we had never, ever, ever thought of this this title before, utility man. Seriously, he has a job description on. Tell him a job description on Tuesday, a job description on Wednesday. He has a job description on Thursday. He has a job description on Friday. All different, four different job descriptions. And then, of course, what he does over the weekend. I mean, my goodness. I hope your faith is built today. This guy lives a life of splinting, spinning plates. He's a, he's a plate spinner. Wow. And we could just go on and on. I just want to encourage you. Huh, Ray Dean? How beautiful is that? Well, the Hazens come up. Let's, we want to pray over them right now. And just, uh, they, they, this, this is a lovely couple uh, with beautiful children that uh, they, they have this beautiful job opportunity over in the Seattle area. And they're going to, when are you guys, I know you're moving really soon, huh? Tuesday. She's moving Tuesday. He's moving Wednesday. You know how moving is. <laughs> yeah. It's, it gets all over the place. So uh, we just wanted them to pray over them today and bless them in the name of the Lord. And thank you, Pastor Bob, for blessing our entire, our entire team. This is our whole team. This is our team right here, man. And we do battle with 
probably accusations and the pointing of finger. Thank you for blessing our team. We just want to send them out. We just want to send them out. They be blessed in the name of the Lord. God, use them in a powerful way and keep them. God, just be a firewall around them in the glory in their midst. Would you guys mind praying over them if you get anything? Just... Father, we just thank you for this couple today, and we, we lift them up before you. And God, we just pray that your hand would just continue to uh, just superintend their life, Father God. And I just kind of hear uh, just this uh, super spiritual song that comes on every uh, Christmas time uh, when Rudolph meets the winter warlock. It says, just put, put one foot in front of the other. Soon you'll be walking across the floor, one foot in front of the other. Soon you'll be walking out the door. And I feel like what the Lord is saying that, you know, in your heart you may feel you have the total plan and you have it all laid out, but I believe there's some divine surprises for you. And I believe that God says, I have not chosen to show you the whole picture. Abraham didn't get it. Moses didn't get it. Nobody gets it. <laughs> except one step at a time. But as you continue to take those steps, as God leads you, God's going to begin to unfold uh, before you what his plan and what his purpose is. And I just like the Lord is saying, he wants you, he wants you to be pliable. Be pliable. Uh, one time, when I had been praying for something for a long time, and the Lord uh, spoke to my heart, and he says, uh, son, you can't tell me that it's going to be this way or that way. And I had to submit and say, Lord, let your will be done. It broke me. It broke me. But I'm so glad that God was gracious enough to uh, direct my steps in the way that he wants me to go. But I tell you where God is leading you is good. It's beyond your wildest dreams, your wildest imagination. There's still, I believe, even some equipping that God is going to bring to you along the way. There are some things that, uh, that, that you need that the Spirit of God is going to uh, 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 place in your life and i just hear this don't be anxious about a timetable but just wait on the lord and allow god to direct your paths and allow god to direct your steps because sometimes a step back is not always a step back sometimes a step back is a step forward and so you're 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 on this unique journey good journey god journey and all you have to do is walk as the lord directs your steps i pray protection over your your family, your household, we declare that uh, you will journey well, you will journey good, you'll go in God's peace, you'll go in God's grace, and his joy is going to be your portion. Amen. Amen. I just, have, I just have one thing to say, Hunter. I, I was their pastor before they were here, and, and, and Angela's parents are on staff at our church. So, so you know, we have some strong connections. But I, I believe... Hunter, that God's going to take you into kind of a private time with Him. Hmm. There's some there's some new altars you're going to build, and you're going to kind of be away from man for a while, not forever, a short season. But God's going to use that to bring an encounter in your life. You're going to have some God encounters, and I'm going to say this, Angela. Don't worry about Him. Okay, it's going to be okay. The hook of God's in Him, and God's going to encounter you. You're gonna have a you're gonna have a, a Jacob at Bethel season, where he's gonna reveal himself to you. It's almost like you need to get away 
I'm not confirming or or judging what you're doing. I'm just saying that God is going to get you to a place where it ain't going to be my voice or J.O.'s voice or your father-in-law's voice. It's going to be his voice. And you're going to know it. You need you need to know it's his voice to you. So let, let him lead. And as he leads, you're going to come have a stronger man coming out of that fire. Okay? Amen. Father, we just thank you uh, for your timing, God, that you chose the timing of their leaving to be this very, very beautiful day, God. Um, you know the desires of both of their heart, that they would want to leave with a blessing and with their friends and the strength of this house. And that's what we do, God. We just thank you for the blessing that came, even from the visiting prophets, God. And now we bless them as their lead pastors, God. And as their leaders and people that have journeyed with you shoulder to shoulder, God, we thank you, God. We believe the word of the Lord. We seal it by the Holy Spirit and that it would even be more than what they could possibly understand today, oh God, that it would just continue to come in waves and waves and waves over their life and their children's life, God. We thank you for them, God. We thank you that um, we're going to be intertwined with them in the years, God. I, I think you both have a sense of that, that this isn't a cutting off, but a sending forth. And Father, we just bless them as an extension of this house. They go in strength and continue in the strength of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I just want to be obedient to what I heard when Radine was praying. Angela, you've wondered in your heart about worship and what am I going to do in the area of praise and worship and being in the gifting. And I felt like the Lord just spoke to my heart that there's a door that he opens that no man can shut and that God has opened that door for you. His hand is upon you and he's going to lead you and he's going to guide you and he's going to continue to open up. This is a main door, but he's going to open up other doors for you in the area of worship. And I just encourage you, Hunter, to encourage her in that and 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 just uh, allow her to be released in that in the name of the lord jesus christ amen let me tell you how how me and hunter goes you see the guy in the back his name is van and lori bradeen you see hi van van and lori bradeen pastor over in spokane and uh they're with they were, i was with him on staff and of course we were with pastor bob on staff and van did an outreach in young adults and asked me to come in and preach and I come in and preach on evangelism and reaching the lost and touching the lost and it was a it was an evangelistic message you had invited Hunter out of a science class out of a science class here comes Hunter in there and he surrenders his life to Christ and then me and him started going to Burgerville huh we ate at Burgerville, and we had a, no, seriously, we had a connection because he is a madman in the gym, in the area of powerlifting and what have you, and God just really knitted our, um, our, our hearts, and I don't think there was any missionary dating involved, was it, Angela? Was it missionary dating involved? It's like, he, maybe, <laughs> 
it was just her reaching out, inviting him, then he gets saved, and well, you can see the rest of the story. So it's just wonder what, it's a beautiful thing what, what God does. Uh, isn't this a rich time? Yes. Wow. The guy that he told us to pray for, he was, he was on the prayer list. Come on, put the pedal to the metal. Wow. We were just talking about that well, yesterday. Oh, praise God. God, you get all the glory. You get all the glory. Praise God. Wow, what a rich time. Um, I want to uh, just say something before we close. Uh, are you excited to be back here tonight? And yeah. uh, um, God's, God's just kind of beginning this thing. Isn't it beautiful? I wanted to say this. Um, I, a lot of times, we, ha- we learned about a friend. I don't want to go into detail about it, but we learned about a friend last night who uh, his his wife in ministry um, fell into adultery and it's really impacted their life and of course as you can imagine they they don't live here um, in a whole nother state but I started thinking about that and sometimes I get a little bit of attention because I'm kind of loud and kind of obnoxious and so forth and so on but I would not be anything without my wife now you got to feel me on this that you don't know how strange and weird your pastor really is. I'm not kidding. You think I'm joking, I'm not. I can make, you see, he'll vouch. He's known me for years. I can make really big decisions, and sometimes I don't even know how to make a decision of what car to drive. I'm just built a little strange, and I hope you don't hold it against me. But my wife has been there through all the youth ministry. It's not like she's a by-the-way or she's just a, my, my wife. We're in this together. She's a pastor with me. She has fought every fight with me. If I wasn't going through the battle, she was going through the battle. And we were there. If I was feeling the pain, she was feeling the pain, and vice versa. And I just want you to know how much I appreciate my wife and how much she's been by my side and I've been by her side. She's lifted me up and I've lifted her up. And I just thought that I should share that with you today. Of I would absolutely not be anything without my wife. And I just want to thank you today, sweetheart, for being that for me and with me uh, every step of the way and, and being a faithful wife. I mean, I never worry about my wife. She's as faithful as the sun coming up. And uh, she's in, you, you know, a lot, a lot of people do things behind the scenes here, and she's one of them. She's one of She's in almost every meeting with me. She's as busy as I am. And she gets paid part-time and a little salary. And she does, she's with me in every war and everything that we're faced with. And I just wanted to, to honor her today so that you knew exactly uh, the real deal that, uh, that helps me 
every step of the way, every day. Amen. Is it okay if I just share and be real with you on that? I love you, honey. Great job. I hope I'm not too real here and you're like, wow, what kind of church we go there? I didn't know pastor was that strange. I'm just being very authentic. I mean, it just is the way that it is. My kids know it, but uh, we're for each other. And some of you are strange too. <laughs> Trying to look at me like, yeah, yeah, I know you too. So praise God. We're excited about tonight. Can we just close in prayer? Wasn't that a great teaching? Do you see why he's my pastor? You can take that teaching and work that in your business. Come on. Hey, if God's not building your business, you're building in vain. If, if God's not watching over your business, you're watching in vain. You know what I'm saying? There's so many things you can take spiritually and add it to your practical life day in and day out. So that was a thank you for laying that word upon. I was so blessed and touched by that word. Oh, my. I was like Mark just going, oh, man. You know, when you preach and teach all the time, it's so wonderful to have someone else just lay into you. And, and he's been doing that in my life for years. So why don't we just stand and close in prayer and Father, a lot of us were very addicted to many things in the past. But now, if I may say it this way, we're addicted to your presence. We love you with all of our heart. We thank you, God, for speaking to us this morning, for equipping, for encouraging, for exhorting, for comforting, for sharing future. Father, for giving us destiny. Thank you for the word and it's not just you who builds, but we build with you. It's not just you who watch, but we watch also. Father, we work with you, God. And we thank you that you choose those who are not so smart. Father, you would anoint us and you would use us and we thank you. We love you. We ask that you would meet us tonight. That you would touch your people. That you would bless your people. I thank you for these wonderful foundations and leaders and everybody here that serves God, the heart of the church. I pray you shine your countenance down upon them. Give him your great peace. Protect them today. We seal everything that you've done today by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen. Love you guys and hope to see you tonight. And once again, you probably ought to get here a little early. Have a wonderful day of rest.